0: exercising the first backing it up with the second now back to the guy facing down tyranny one show at a time your host david robertson all right all right welcome back to another edition of destroying the narrative i'm your host dr doom thanks so much for being a part of the program Got a decent show lined up for you today, some updates as well. Starting to make a a few changes, kind of uh, not necessarily changing direction. Well, no, I mean, we're changing direction. So, um, you know, I do every year, it seems like I've been doing it for a while. I ask listeners and readers about uh, the current direction and uh got a bit of a mixed bag this year and i think a lot of that has to do with uh maybe the gravity of the situation that we're faced with maybe it's you know just the the transitioning of the changes that uh, that we're all experiencing i don't know but a bit of a mixed bag <clears throat> and uh through that feedback which by the way i do appreciate um it doesn't hurt my feelings when uh, that kind of feedback comes back, and not that any of it was really negative, uh, but just kind of talking about things. So one of the interesting things that kind of came up, and it was an interesting theme, um, was that you know people really, at least as far as my readers and and listeners go, um, are pretty much on board with the fact that the model was correct. Right now, I've spent uh, 20 years warning people about what was uh, going to happen. Projection-wise, right? Uh, not that I'm a soothsayer or anything like that, but you know, look, here's here's what the model says. This is what the cycles are suggesting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, and you know, yeah. I mean, we we look around, and sure enough, uh, that's what we see. I mean, almost almost uh, across the board, we're seeing exactly what the model suggested, which is which is interesting. You know, um, and and, but what's also interesting, too, just a little side note is the I I guess maybe I'm floored with the people who don't want to see that information, uh, who are resistant to the information. Right. Uh, Some somehow maybe um, I don't know, maybe it is cognitive dissonance, whatever. It's an uncomfortable, emotional And visceral response to the idea that perhaps we can't deviate from the cycles. Now that sucks. And I don't, well, but here's the thing I don't know that that's true. I think that if enough people were aware uh, and maybe empowered, Uh, With certain information, we wouldn't have to revisit the cycle. We could skip one or something. I don't know. And I do think, though, here's the interesting thing. I do think that that information once it would um, be—well, I'll say it this way. If we didn't revisit the cycle even just once, then no one would pay attention to it. Right? And, And so that's unfortunate. So I think almost in a lot of ways it has to happen. It has to happen to remind people uh of what, you know, how or maybe how special certain things are, like freedom. Right? Freedom, you just have to look, we have to appreciate that freedom's going away. Right? And I've said it so many times. We have more laws on the books than the Library of Congress can count. We incarcerate more people per capita than any other nation on the planet. Um, we I mean our government is siphoning off whatever types of value and currency or whatever that you have, our dollar is dying I mean it's just uh right? It's frustrating um, and and then of course, there's not a single right in the Bill of Rights that's not currently being infringed upon, and that's getting worse because people are crying for it without looking at- obj- uh, the data objectively it's It's a mess and people because they didn't get an appropriate education are absolutely and abundantly unaware of how rare uh and fragile our system truly is so more than likely it's going to have to be threatened you know and people of good conscience are going to have to stand up to defend it or try to uh but you know again the world over we're looking at that global implication or the global potential for a conflict you know or I should say a conflict that has global implications multiple players involved but the interesting thing to me is how there are so many in government and academia or whatever that absolutely and fundamentally deny the possibility that we're heading for such an event despite the plethora Of information to suggest otherwise. And that's going to be part of the problem, frankly. Um, There's a lot of people in denial, you know, and we've talked about this, right? So think about this, you know, it was 15 years ago, roughly, you know, where I was talking about uh, the encroachment of socialism in our, in our, in our society, right? This favoritism of. And there were so many people who just refused to believe that it was going to happen in their lifetime. And I said, well, you know, hold on, hide and watch. It's absolutely on the way. And here we are. I mean, it is such a pronounced ideology in our society, and it's being begged for by so many where do you think that goes? Right? And that's the thing. You're asking people in power to, to seize more power if they just do a couple of things. Just do a couple of things for us. We will give you all the power you need to do it. Despite the fact that there's not a single time in history where that ended well. Not a single time. It's like John Adams said: there has yet to be a democracy that hasn't killed itself; it hasn't committed suicide. And that's absolutely what we're doing, and it sucks. I mean, it, I look you you can you can perceive that as negative if you want, uh, but I it's just a fact. Whether whatever emotion you put on it is sort of irrelevant, because here's here's the other side of it: there are a lot of people in this country today who see that as a positive, right? So whether you think it's negative or think it's positive is sort of irrelevant. Emotions are not the same things as facts. And that's sort of problematic when you think about uh, how, how it's all unfolding. And when you think about the emotional side, right the feelings that drive most people and the, and the funny thing is you have to appreciate that that response is conditioned people are conditioned to respond emotionally to follow their emotions to follow their gut rather than follow the data follow the facts right to appeal to your emotional side rather than the pragmatic strategic or reason side and that's that that is going to lead you astray Almost all the time, right? How many times have you made an emotional decision that didn't end well? Look, all of our paths, uh, pasts, I guess, our our histories, our personal histories, are riddled with exes and, and fights and arguments and all this other stuff that resulted from an emotional decision right we all know that individual who dated this person right who was waving the largest red flags in the history of mankind and they did it anyway because of whatever reason look i i'm i'm a victim of that too i used to do the same nonsense Oh, but she's she's my type, or oh, she says this, or oh, she does that, or whatever. And I would make despite all the red flags, I would still jump in. Well, nah, I think you're just over over overanalyzing the situation. It'll be okay. The worst ones are when we feel a sense of desperation, right? So people who feel lost and out of control when they're alone aren't really looking for the best partners. So they will choose somebody. And the the interesting thing is, and this is, it's it's sort of a metaphor, but the person waving the red flag over here, this really bright flag, says, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm willing to, to jump in here. They're, oh, okay, well, that's easy. I'll do that one. And how does that end? Every time. But that's an emotional decision. And that's kind of what I mean. So so we're driven, we're conditioned in a lot of ways to respond emotionally to the things that 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 happen. I mean, and, and the media takes advantage of it. The government takes advantage of it. Rather than looking at things objectively. Trying to find reason, trying to find accuracy, we we respond and navigate our lives through an emotional haze that doesn't end well, and we wonder why it ends up the way that it does. Well, we can see this on a national level as well. We can see it on a global level as well. But the interesting thing, and this kind of getting back to the point, that's why I want to kind of shift. The model is correct. The model is accurate. It has shown itself to be absolutely and amazingly accurate. Scary enough as that is. So perhaps what we need to do now, because the warnings are there. The people who want to hear the warnings have heard it. The people who want to see the information and sought it out have found it. Now, that's not to say that everybody got to see it. Clearly, that is not the case. But if one is motivated enough, they're going to find the information. And it seems to me, I mean, I'm still going to make it available. And I'll probably still do this podcast where we'll talk about, you know, the things, the, the, the weekly clues uh, and direction that we're, we're heading in. But I am starting to make a transition. And for those of you who have uh, already visited the site, you've probably seen some of those updates. For those of you who are in uh, the, the social media group, on uh, Telegram, you've probably seen uh, that update as well. I am starting to transition um, into more of a informative, like, all right, so here are some things to look at. Here are some things to consider. Let's challenge the status quo. Let's challenge our current paradigms. So, So, you know, very much in line with what I do anyway. But just kind of changing a little bit of the direction. Because I I do—look, this is a a good exercise for us every week, right? To evaluate the world around us and to try to make sense of the nonsense, tear apart the narrative, destroy astroturfing, destroy the narratives, and try to find some sort of semblance of reality— that is, I don't know, absent of, that omits the contortion. But again, like anything else, we do have to recognize that contortion exists. We have to uh, look at the contrast, right? The key is in the contrast, and then navigate accordingly. We can affix and deal with our emotions later. Of course, you know, that's not a popular approach. Can you imagine how successful I would be if I just, I don't know, played on everybody's emotions? It would be so easy. It's so easy. That's the funny thing. It's so unbelievably easy. It is low-hanging fruit. I could be absolutely and abundantly popular if all I did was play on people's emotions. Rather than talk facts, I could choose a side, right? I could say, "All right, well, um, you know, I probably more more closely align with this side, so I'm going to go all in on those narratives and really fan the flames." I would be absolutely and abundantly popular, just because I understand the mechanisms of um, of what drives motivation, and and of course the the science behind influence and behavior modification, and so on and so forth. I just can't bring myself to do it. You know, it's funny. A few years ago, I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'll, I'm I'm gonna try. It. And it like one week, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Maybe I have too much integrity. I I don't know. I just couldn't do it. So, you know, I choose. Uh, and I, I hate to call it the higher path, but it's the lower path in a lot of ways where, no, I, look, we're just going to deal with the facts. Sort of like this, right? So I got a, uh, I got an email uh, from a listener, or no, I think it was a reader, uh, who was interested and wanted, wanted to know my thoughts on the situation with George Santos. You know, because, you know, in the past I've been critical— of uh, George Santos and like, look, dude's a tool. You know, I cannot believe that somebody like—I well, mean, I can believe that somebody like that went, uh, that got into power. But I, first of all, I'm shocked at the party chosen. I'm shocked at the aftermath. I'm just—it floors me that as a as a nation we accept that type of nonsense in our political sphere. So anyway, I got this this link that says, you know, look, there's a Democrat, Tom Susie, wins the New York special election to replace George Santos. What do you think of that? You know what my thought process is? is <laughs> Tom is, um, I don't even care. Tom is so much better than George any day of the week. Any day of the week. But that's that's an unpopular uh, thought, but look—it's—it's the—it's—it's it's so simple. Like in anywhere in government, do you—I don't care what side of the political spectrum uh, they're on. Do you want somebody like George? Do you really want somebody like George Santos in anything related to government? Anything? I don't even like—I don't even care if he was a meter maid. Do you want somebody like that involved in government? No, absolutely not. Now, is Tom ideal? i I don't know. I don't you know frankly, I don't know enough about him, but almost, I'll say almost anybody would be better than George Santos. I would gladly walk down to the local jail. And and maybe ask a few probing questions, but I bet I could find somebody at the local jail who would be a million times better than George Santos any day of the week. I'll tell you what, it, it, it could boil down. Now, of course, I'm being a little bit uh, silly about this, but it really could boil down to, did you admit your crime? Yeah. Yeah, I offered it up to the detective. Great. You'll be a great fit for this. That's how silly, it, I mean, but, but for crying out loud, this is what I mean. Like, we have to, look, you and I have to have integrity. We have to be willing to go, no, all right, look, they're not playing from my side, but, you know, it's still better than some asshat. I mean, we get what we ask for in a lot of ways. It's, you've probably heard that. Be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. You know, and and that's what's so weird about Fetterman. You know, I don't like the guy. I've said it repeatedly. I do not like the guy, but it's interesting. I will say this, and I have to give him credit for it. You know, in a lot of ways, on certain topics, you know, at least he's thinking about the long-term ramifications. And I have respect for anybody who can think of the long-term ramifications rather than appeal to instant gratification. And toxic tribalism or whatever it is. You know, again, that that boils down to you want to be right or do you want to be accurate? I want accuracy. I want solid, accurate, efficient um, uh, outcomes. That's what I want. You know, but then in in that pursuit, you have to recognize what will cause dysfunction. And, and utter destruction of whatever it is, you know, you're you're trying to do there. In government, that's painfully obvious. There's we have a lot of dysfunction in government. But why? That's the question. And nobody seems to want to pursue that. Why do we continue to reelect asshats who literally do not give a flying rat's ass about anybody in this country? And why do we belittle, left or right, those that are actually trying to do something for anybody other than themselves? Like, legitimately. There's a lot of, look, there's a lot of politicians who say that they want to do things for the people, but... You know, then they end up uh, absolutely filthy rich and then in a scandal and, you know, a few years of some time. I mean, but that's that's my point. Right. There are people who legitimately want to help people, but they're belittled and they're they're ridiculed and so on and so forth from both sides of the aisle. And that's a problem. That's look, that is indicative of our society as a whole. It's dysfunctional, and if our society's dysfunctional, where do you think that goes? How does that end? Does it just miraculously fix itself one day because the people who are causing the dysfunction get a change of heart? and mind? No. No. Those that are in power understand they couldn't do anything else in their life are going to do their damnedest to stay in power and continue to do, you know, pad their pockets, whatever it is, at the expense of the American taxpayer and your freedom and a whole slew of other things. It's not good, but we allow it. And the irony is, is that as it becomes more dysfunctional and people are starting to get really agitated, those in power are starting to get really nervous. And they're getting nervous, so what are they doing? They're like, well, all right, so uh, maybe we should think about taking away the means of uh, discourse. Maybe we should take away the means of defense. Let's regulate that. Let's regulate this. Let's make an example out of these people who have said anything. But this isn't new. I mean, I mean, I I could say that, and people are thinking, yeah, January sixth. No, this has been on for a while. This has been going on for a while, and when we think about, for instance, whistleblowers, think about whistleblowers who are like, you know what, something is really jacked up, really jacked up, and you know what, I'm I'm not down with this, and I, and somebody needs to know, so they. Break out, they go and try to blow the whistle on the dysfunction, and they're attacked, they're ridiculed, and the people accept it, and it's insane. You know, and then here, and here's the problem. When these whistleblowers do come out and talk about corrupt organizations and processes and whatever else it is that they expose— does anything change? No. Maybe the name of the program. So these people put their lives and liberties on the line to try and inform the people who don't care. And and then it just gets worse. Because, look, the people didn't do anything. I guess it's all right. I guess we can do some more. Then another whistleblower comes out, tries to warn everybody, look, it's getting really bad. And then the government turns on them. How dare you expose what we're doing? That's treason. Despite the fact that what they're doing is an absolute violation of the Constitution. But, again, you cannot support love, defender, exercise something you do not know. What is the true ramification of this? And worst of all, worst of all, we... Listen to and adopt the justifications for constitutional infringement on both sides of the aisle. It is insane to me. I, I I don't get it. I don't get it. We the justification for nonsense in this country is just beyond understanding. The lack of contemplation regarding facts is mind-blowing. And, look, we don't... You could throw a rock and hit any example that I'm talking... Like, it doesn't even matter. It's like this border situation. This border situation is a trip. I mean, of course... The solution is rather simple, but nobody wants to do it because it would require them giving up unconstitutional benefits. But let's say, for instance, that, you know, the narrative of building a wall and securing the border was the ideal approach. It is an approach. It's not the ideal approach. But let's say that that was the ideal approach. Nobody still wants to listen. That's the weird part. Nobody cares. It's just another little thing to argue and complain about. Meanwhile, the true threat continues, and nobody wants to look at the cause and effect. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the problem, is we are so conditioned away from cause and effect that we can't see any further than our nose. I saw a story they were talking about. FBI warns the MS-13 and brutal Venezuelan migrant gang could join forces terrorizing New York City. Well, that, I mean, that headline alone, there's, there's so much to impact. Venezuelan migrant gangs? Migrant gangs. Why are we letting migrant gangs into the country? And you know what? It's like then you have these sanctuary cities who are like, oh, no, bring them here. And then they're complaining about crime and they're complaining about all these things that are associated with migrants, criminals. And they're shocked. I don't don't understand what's going on. Why are they beating our cops? That's that's so strange to me. For example, the MS-13 has a history of killing officers and judges and so on and so forth. It, sh- it shouldn't be a shock when that kind of behavior exists, when you let them into your home. I don't understand. Where is the disconnect? If you, Look, it goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning. If you start dating a crazy person and they start doing crazy things, it shouldn't shock you. You should have expected it. Your friends warned you about it. You didn't want to hear it because you made an emotional response. Or I should say an emotional decision. But it's still the situation. The situation hasn't changed. So you're going to allow these individuals come. and and here's the thing think about just this right i've 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 been warning about venezuela for quite some time that's a problem so it's not just venezuelan migrant gang members there are undoubtedly undoubtedly venezuelan operatives involved as well i mean sure ms13 uh, fairly well known We know about the dangers associated with them. Where do you think this goes? Nobody's solving the problem. Where do you think it goes? That's what cracks me up. It's like the problem has presented itself. The issues are clear. Don't be shocked when crazy people do crazy things. It's sort of like, and it never ceases to amaze me. You, you get these, uh, you know, television shows talking about um, drug addicts and so on and so forth. And then it's like the, uh, the family member is weirded out. They're shocked. They're shook when uh, their drug addict cousin or son or daughter or whatever starts stealing from them. I'd never thought she would do that. I never thought he would do such a thing. It's because you're oblivious and you don't like facts. That's that's just, you know, that's how that goes. Absolutely insane. Meanwhile, you know, we talk about the dangers of, uh, or I should say the potential for where this is going uh, with China, right? We talked about, I mean, we talk about it every week. China's a threat. China's a threat. China's a threat. Border Patrol Union head warns of spike in military-aged men from China crossing the U.S. border. Weird. Nobody seems to care. We're too focused on Mexicans. We're too focused on Mexicans. We're not talking about Venezuelans, Ecuadorians, China, North Korea, Middle Eastern migrants. We're not, we're not talking about any of that. Just focus on the Mexicans, people. That's the heartache story. Focus on that. But we don't want to talk about all these other things. But, you know, David, if, if we if we shut down the border to stop the Middle Eastern types and the South American types and the dangerous gang members and the operatives from the various nations that are, were, have been vocalizing how they would love to see the United States absolutely crumble under its own weight, if we shut down access to those people, we're shutting down access to this small group over here who, at the same time, don't want to follow the law of this land and just go through the process. Oh, that that's the conversation we want to have? That's how we want to approach this discussion? Okay. Interesting. I don't know that I would go that route. I mean, after all, I have a lock on my door for a reason. And I look through the peephole for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why it's so hard. Oh, yeah, I do. Emotion. And here's the other side of it, too. An unbelievable and very dangerous agenda. But again, I ask, where does this go? What is the end result? Look, look we, get, we get way, way too wrapped up in what happened. We get way too wrapped up in what happened and spend too little time trying to understand the cause and effect of that act. And that is a problem. That is a problem. And that's true both in your personal life, in your organizational life, in our national existence. We should look. And and the funny thing is, a lot of our leaders are exactly that type. And those are not. Look, those are not the people we want in charge. Those are not the people we want in charge. The people we want in charge have an understanding of cause and effect, and are thinking about the long-term outcome, period. That's who you want in charge of your organization. That's who you want in charge of your household. That's who you want in charge of the nation at any level. But we don't do that. We don't encourage that. We don't even really talk about that. You know, I, I, I examine a lot of information every single week. I read stories, I watch documentaries, I, you know, all of it. I cannot tell you how rare what I just said is. And I cannot tell you how it makes me feel when once in a blue moon, somebody approaches any topic, any, I don't even care what it is, any topic through that lens we would be as a nation much better off if more of us could do that or i shouldn't say could i should say would yeah but and just for example think of anybody in your life who decided to buy the car they couldn't afford who bought the house they couldn't afford this is, I mean, this is what we're dealing with. This is exactly that same mechanism. Because they're not thinking about the long-term ramifications. They're thinking about that emotional thing. Well, I want a house. Well, I want this car. Yeah, but it has bucket seats. It's ridiculous. Where do you think that goes? What is the end result? And the weird part is, Those that do see it, for whatever reason, and I haven't figured this one out, they don't want to work together. They don't want to work together at all. Because this one little sliver in their ideology differs from the other person. Therefore, they can't be friends. So stupid. So stupid. But, you know, I guess that gives us material to talk about every week. Every single week. It's sort of like, you know, well, we could talk about the economy. Absolutely. And we definitely should. Because everybody's being told the United States economy is booming. It's booming. There's a headline in Business Insider. U.S. economy is booming. Is it, though? Because, uh, you know, the data suggests otherwise. But, again, why? Why are you trying to tell the people that things are so great? It doesn't even make any sense. Think about it on a personal point. Right? So let's say you have a child. The child's in school. And your child is messing up. Are you going to tell them everything is great? No, you're doing fantastic. Just keep doing what you're doing. <clears throat> yeah, but I hit the teacher. Nah, no, you're doing fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. Yeah, but I got all F's. Uh, n- you know what? Just that's a letter. Don't worry about that. That's F stands for fantastic. You're doing fantastic. That's what it is. You just keep doing what you're doing. That, my friends, is called insanity. That's nuts. That's stupid. And really, all that's doing is encouraging utter destruction. That kid's going to crash and burn. 100%. Probably get involved in activities and behaviors you definitely don't want them involved in, but that's, you know, that's what we're doing. That is 100% what we're doing. This country's making some really bad decisions. You got the media and government going, no, you're doing great. Just keep doing what you're doing. You keep doing what you're doing, we'll keep doing what we're doing, and everything's going to be all right. Problem is, is that when you look at the slide of the dollar, you look at the slide of individual wealth, you look at the the increase in personal debt, consumer debt, national debt, tensions, division, that's exactly what we're doing. Where is that going to go? How is that going to end? It's not going to end well, and it will end in a kaboom. But the weird part is we see the signs and symptoms, but we don't want to pay attention to it. No, 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 no. It's, you know what? It's funny. Again, it's that human psychology. It's like the person who suspects strongly that they have some sort of cancer. They can feel the tumor, but they're not going to go get it checked out because if the doctor says, or the physician, I should say, if the physician says, well, you know, we, uh, we identified a cancer. You got a huge tumor about the size of a grapefruit. Then it's real. Then it's real, and now you have to act accordingly. And I think that's a lot of what's going on. Look, the cancers, there are numerous cancers, are all over our national body. And for the most part, nobody wants to go get them checked out because they don't want to face the reality. But again, the question is, is what happens next? Where do you think this goes? And again, the signs and symptoms are there. If you just look at the interconnected part of our economy, right? Because we're a global economy, we're interconnected. You just look at the interconnected components that absolutely and fundamentally contradict the nonsense that you're being fed, spoon-fed, force-fed. It becomes very clear. Did you know that Japan and the UK both simultaneously just slipped into recession? That's a pretty big indicator of where things are at. Pretty big indicator, but, uh, you know, that doesn't apply to us, right? That's them. That's a them problem. There's another issue with Americans. Ah, that's not my problem. That's happening down the road. I'll do something when it's at my doorstep. Oh, okay, so the invading army down your road uh, isn't expected to reach your porch? Because it will. But the funny thing is, is that the indicator for specifically like UK. I think UK is highly indicative their GDP fell 0.3% in three months. Right? And it was interesting because they continue to point to the collapse in retail sales. So you look at those as, you know, potential indicators. Well, then the United States is really jacked up. Just to be clear. So the U.K., Japan are in a recession. That's, that's um, you know, not good. Uh, the United States is kicking the can down the road. There There is some interesting facade, but again, it's that up and down. Very clear where things were going. <clears throat> so clear, in fact, that I was able to kind of, to, to, um, I mean, almost with crazy precision, You know, uh, so I said, you know, so we're going to get that boost. Then you're going to see some headlines talking about the downturn, then boom, right? There was a story this week, uh, and it was funny because remember last week? Oh, yeah, the stock market's fantastic. And I said, no, it's not. Just wait. Just wait because it's about to do something stupid. Remember that? Here's a story from this week. Dow tumbles 500 uh, points posts worst day since March 2023 after hot inflation report. That's a very pretty way of saying what I was telling you gonna that was gonna happen. Again, it's not that I'm some smart whatever, it's that I'm just a student of cause and effect. And when you think about where this goes, right? So again, it's the inflationary response. We're watching it unfold. It is not hard to 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 track. It but if you look at the cause and effect, right? and And again, you can look at the u k. as a great example. Their situation was cause and effect. They have admitted that they're in recession through a certain chain of events. Well, are we not faced with something extremely similar? I mean, the signs and symptoms are there. There was a story in The Wall Street Journal this week. Realtors are in crisis. I see it as a symptom. The housing market is is a is a great indicator of kind of where things are going. But we talked about, I mean, real estate in general. Last week, we were talking about commercial real estate is in a dive. Now they're saying realtors are in crisis. Homes are artificially high. Inflation is high. Now, of course, there's going to be a bit of a correction here in that. Homes are probably going to become a little bit more affordable. That's going to be great for people who are in a position to do something with it. But again this is one tiny little sliver of a th- of, of a thing in the grand scheme of what we're talking about here. Because at the same time we see stories talking about consumer price index increased 0.3% in January. Now where does that sound familiar? Oh. Yeah, now that that's that's interesting, right? We're we're, we're looking at an increase in consumer prices, but see, and again, we we look at the the number zero point three percent. Most people don't see that as as a, as a big deal, but when you look at again the grand scheme of things, if you look at it over time, well, I guess maybe a way to to, to look at this: let's say you had a hundred dollars, hundred dollars, and let's say something rose one percent. Right. And let's say over the course of a year, let's just use one hundred dollars, one hundred dollars the first month, one percent, that's one hundred and one dollars. Well, that one percent is compounded because that next month it's on one hundred and one dollars. So it's a little over one hundred and two dollars. And this continues to go, continues to go, continues to go. And it's sort of like when we look at the devaluation of the dollar. That's why if you were to look, if you were to go to Google, Google Images and look in dollar devaluation since 1913, that's why that slide is so dramatic. Because it's not like you get it back next month. That's not what that. And that's why I don't know. That's one of the things I'm so critical about when people report on economics, because. You really kind of have to have 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 learned about how that works in order to even understand it, but they use those numbers specifically for the people who never learned it because it doesn't look that threatening zero or you know zero point three percent oh man wh- whatever why why are we even talking about that? But the funny thing is, again, it's the retail sales part. Here's a story in Inc. Rising consumer debt could threaten future retail spending. You think? Now, how does that work? Well, if you don't have the money or you feel like you can't part or you're not interested in adding to your credit card debt, you're probably not going to go spend money. But consumer, consumer debt is rising dramatically. We've been talking about it for a while. So we're looking at a rise in consumer debt, we're looking at a rise in credit card delinquencies. Of course that's going to squeeze economic growth. Why wouldn't it? But you're told that everything's fine, the economy's booming. <clears throat> Just look at the numbers. Despite the fact that the products that you buy that you're buying have, you know, increased in price significantly, and they're gonna look at the numbers. No, 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 no. Look, the 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 economy spent however many billions of dollars more. They're you know, the consumers are resilient, we're fine. No, Jackass, we're not. You force me to pay something I'm reliant on, you force me to pay more for it. I'm gonna find a way to, I'm gonna to try to find a way to get the things that I need but i don't like it and i'm i'm going to have to start making some some decisions about what i'm not going to buy in the future cause and effect meanwhile we're watching this cascade of price increases well think about this your the price you pay you know as a consumer follows a cascade of price increases right so the price at the store was more, but the price that they paid for that product from the wholesaler, so you could call it wholesale pricing, you could call it producer pricing, but that's rising as well. In fact, there was a story in Reuters just a couple days ago talking about how, well, producer prices rose more than expected. Have you noticed, like every month, Every month, I, I can share a story with you that says more than expected. It rose more than expected after me saying for weeks that it was going to rise. It was going to be a problem. How does that happen? They're either trying to gaslight you or they're idiots. That 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 those are the dis- that's the choice. Choose one or the other. They're either gaslighting you or they're idiots. Either way. Is that the information you want to listen to? That's my question. Wholesale prices rise more than expected. Another sign of persistent inflation. And why is inflation so persistent? Might it have anything to do whatsoever with the manipulation of our economic situation via those that benefit from it? Just a thought. Don't know. I'm not the insider guy there. But if I just simply look at the three-rule method, basic logic, cause and effect, and Occam's razor, it seems pretty simple. Wholesale prices rise more than expected. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, is when you associate that and then look at the next, and then you can pretty much guess what happens after that. And sure enough, we see that just right on time. Retail sales tumbled. 0.8 percent, which, just to be clear, 0.8 percent, when we talk about retail sales dropping 0.8 percent, again, it doesn't seem that big, but it's actually huge. It's really big in the grand scheme of things because, and again, more than expected. I don't understand why this is happening. Why do the why are there so many confusing numbers when it comes to the economy? I I mean, just it's crazy. When you look at people who that's what they do, that's what they study, and they're talking to people in the industry, here's what you hear. January retail sales collapse, the first sign of a recession? Just a thought. And why why is it a valid thought? Because we can look around the world of nations that literally just went into recession— Under similar circumstances. Well, but it's a little bit different here. I understand that it's a little bit different. That's why I said similar. But cause and effect is still cause and effect, no matter how you look at that. If you do not have money to buy, and you don't have the ability to add to your debt to buy, you're probably—now, wait for it, because this is a shocker—you're probably not going to buy. so stupid i don't understand well maybe that's maybe that's the problem and look if you do not understand and you're somehow in charge of policy maybe you shouldn't be in that position but if you do know and you are in position and you continue to make these decisions that continue to absolutely gut our economy then maybe there's another motive And that, my friends, is something we all probably need to contemplate. I just don't understand why why this is happening. Let's double down on our efforts and maybe, you know, we'll get a different outcome. No. Doing stupid things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Doubling down on stupid things when it didn't work out exactly like you for whatever stupid reason, thought it was going to work out to be in the first place, that is beyond insanity, frankly. In fact, if you really wanted to, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's overkill. Well, I mean, I shot him in the head and he died. If I shoot him a whole bunch, do you think he'll come back to life? That's that's sort of what they're doing. Now, it's not a direct metaphor, but I mean, it's it's not too far off, though. You know, and, and maybe you know the body's not dead, but it, you know, if you shoot somebody and you see something really negative come as as a result of that, you don't continue to shoot them, hoping that it's going to bring them back, because that's crazy. And the weird thing is, and here's what's funny. Think about the cause and effect. If people cannot spend, they do not buy. If people do not buy, the prices are kind of irrelevant. But it is going to mess with supply and demand, which in some cases is good, some cases is bad. But with a lack of demand comes a lack of jobs, right? Because you don't need as many workers if you're not getting the sales that you need. So you do try to do more with less. People are going to get laid off. Now, the weird part is, this is what I find to be absolutely, because the information is there. The information is there. It has everything to, finding it has everything to do with how you ask the question. Ask the right question, you will get the right answer. And some of it has to do with where you're fishing, too, to be quite honest. But um, I'll give you an example. Here's a story in um, was this nerd wallet. I, I, w- I want to just read this first sentence to you. The person who wrote it um, is Anna Halosky. And I think it's sort of a demonstration of of kind of where she fishes. But at the same time, which, by the way, is sort of like a group thing, but it also kind of highlights my point here. Here's the first sentence. You're probably seeing headlines almost daily screaming about layoffs, layoffs layoffs. First of all, are you seeing headlines screaming layoffs? Because the vast majority of what I see in the feeds are all about how great everything is and how wonderful it all is. And thank God we have all those in power that we do because everything is so hunky-dory. But here's a story in NerdWallet talking about layoffs, layoffs, layoffs. Isn't that interesting? I, I I find that to be um, I find that to be interesting. But you know, hey, the job market is incredibly resilient. You can tell by all the numbers. You can tell by the numbers, and but you know, don't go talk to people. Don't go talk to the average individual on the street and ask them about their job situation. Don't do that. Cuz we don't we don't want to hear look, we don't want to hear about how somebody has two or three or four jobs to try and make ends meet. We we just no, that's that's a contortion, don't worry about that. But layoffs are on the uh should be expected. I'll say that because of cause and effect. Now, walk that a little bit further. If we start to see mass layoffs and, you know, of course, retail sales plunge and all this other stuff, what happens next? You got a bunch of people who are in debt and have zero way to pay off the debt that they have incurred. What? Happens next. And then what? And then what? And then what? Looks like the United States is going to need a really, really significant distraction in the very near future. Now, am I a pessimist for exploring it this way? Maybe. But again, I w- look, here's the thing. I would love to sit here and tell you about how wonderful things are going to be. And and not in the not too distant future, it will be. We just got to get through this nonsense first. That said, if I found anything, and I friends, I'm telling you, if I found anything, anything that suggested that there was a correction in the cause, I would share it. And I'm telling you, I look for it every week. Every week, I look for that story show me anything that says that the trajectory of where we are going has altered if i find that i will i would share it but problem is every once in a while i do find something that like a headline or something that kind of alludes to that but then you dig into the numbers you look at what's going on you look at the data that they're presenting and it's just not accurate which by the way also lends to the idea of what the heck is our media doing? Oh, propaganda. I forgot. It's, it's not media. Meanwhile, media is all tripping out because people who can actually do some research, people who are actually trying to inform uh, others of truth, are setting up their own media outlets and so on and so forth. And we're watching a collapse of legacy media, and they're shocked as to why. It's because they don't understand cause and effect. I look at it like this. You got a kid. If you beat that kid for the bulk of its life, you got to understand that at some point in time, this child is going to become an adult and leave. And if you treat this child like garbage the bulk of its life, when... This child becomes an adult and leaves and then never talks to you again. You cannot be shocked by that. Well, that's that's kind of what's happening. Technology and and information, it's growing up. It's growing up. And in a lot of ways, the legacy media has been abusing the people for a very long period of time. The government has been abusing people for a long period of time. And technology... And, and just our means of information exchange are changing. So the people are choosing alternatives. Oh, well, I can get a better idea over here. I can get, you know, uh, a better tone over here. I don't need the, the wash down whatever. I don't need 15 minutes of nonsense. I need actual information and data. Cool, I can get it over here. I need a more robust, comprehensive, and balanced perspective. I can go over here. That's what's happening. So the kids are leaving and the adults are shocked as to why nobody wants to talk to them. Well, you've spent your the, the, the bulk of this individual's life abusing him, taking advantage of him, contorting them. What'd you think was gonna happen, idiot? It's so stupid. But that's what I mean. Like, it's just look, here's a great example of what I'm talking about. Okay. Now, for the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about Venezuela. Okay. Venezuela is in the middle of their situation over the oil fields with Guyana, right? I've been talking about this. There was a story in the Associated Press. And here's the thing. Brazil's been talking about it. I've I've talked to you about how, you know, they're moving uh, military and, you know, it's big talk in South America. It's big talk in South America. Images are there. Video is there. You can go find it. It's not even hard. And it's somewhat being discussed here in the United States, sort of. But there's a lot of talk, a lot of talk. Associated Press, Venezuela defends military buildup, accusing neighboring Guyana of granting illegal oil contracts. Government of Venezuela accused neighboring Guyana Sunday of granting illegal oil exportation concessions in territory the two nations are disputing. Venezuela said it would reserve the right to take any diplomatic action necessary, blah, 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 blah. But, of course, we've talked about the... Military buildup. Uh, and a lot of people are involved in this, right? But what does the, the United States have to say about this? So What does the media have to say? So despite the stories, despite the videos, despite the images, despite the governments of both sides saying, look, there's a problem, here's kind of where it's going. Both sides. Guyana, I mean, I think it was two weeks ago, I'd shared a story from Guyana about that. So, you, I mean, like it's, at least as far as you and I are concerned, it's not really a secret. We've talked about it. So, what's funny, here's a story in the Miami Herald from this week. And this is, this is, this speaks to what I'm talking about. No significant Venezuelan military buildup near Guyana, according to the White House. The Biden administration is playing down threats of imminent military action from Venezuela against neighboring Guyana, telling reporters Monday that recently released satellite imagery reveal small-scale activity in remote locations. Well, that's weird, because Venezuela, in the same week, the same same time, the same they're defending their military buildup, Brazil is, of course, doing their thing. Guyana is doing their But this is what I'm talking about. Why? Why? What is the point? Why not just call a spade a spade? Are we trying to downplay down downplay Venezuela as a threat because of the Venezuelan migrant situation in New York City and across the country? Is that why? Are we trying to paint Venezuela in a, in a better light so we don't associate Venezuelan gangs with negative uh, thoughts and emotions? What is the point? But that's what we're told. And it's and, and, but again, it's like it, why? It doesn't even make any sense. Ah, Venezuela is not bad. Speaking of which, have I told you about the benefits of uh Che Guevara and the ideology associated with that? Stupid. Uh, anyway, so yeah, there's there's your Venezuela update. <laughs> I thought this was interesting story in the New York Times. Israel was behind the attacks on major gas pipelines in Iran, according to officials. The sabotage, which analysts said marked an escalation in the shadow war between Israel and Iran, caused sweeping disruption in several provinces. Tit for tat. Escalation. We're going to see it. Absolutely. And what's also funny, too, again, that gaslighting about Ukraine, it's such a positive thing. And it, all we have to do is just support them. And they're gonna defeat Russia. And that's and what did I what did I say over and over and over again? Don't believe the nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. They're 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 lying to you, they're gaslighting, they're contorting you, or they're idiots because they don't know anything. It's gotta be one of the two. Just wait, hold on, the truth will present itself. And sure enough. I mean, you were told it's going to take two weeks and then two weeks has turned into a couple years and blah, 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 blah. Right. Here's a story in Business Insider. Things are going badly for Ukraine, really badly. Ukraine is experiencing serious problems and fighting Russian invasion. It's running low on troops and ammo and top commanders are squabbling. Ukraine is hoping to boost its domestic weapons production, but that seems to be an issue. And of course, you know, uh, they're wanting F-18s. They want Apaches, they want transport planes, they want all these things. They got to have 16s on the way. And, and of course, you know, we're going to pass spending bills and so on and so forth. Ugh, it's so frustrating. Cuz it's it literally is heading to a very specific place. It absolutely is. And it's no secret. It's no secret. Any true strategist? Any true strategist can see where this is going. In fact, I'll, you know what? Let me uh let me see if I can find this real quick. Um Yeah, here it is. Story from Reuters. Story from Reuters, um uh, just a few days ago. Russia's preparing for a military confrontation with the West within the next decade and could be deterred by a counter-buildup of armed forces, according to Estonia's Foreign Intelligence Services said on Tuesday. growing number of Western officials have warned of a military threat from Russia to countries along the eastern flank of NATO, calling for Europe to get prepared by rearming. Doesn't that sound strikingly familiar to you? And that's what's going to happen. So the buildup is going to happen. The rearming is going to happen. Russia's going to see it for what it is, and then of course there's going to be a confrontation. Partly is because it's necessary. They want it, not just Russia, but NATO. And I, you know, distraction. Look at look at <laughs> distract. Terrible distraction, by the way. But it's absolutely going to do that. And is it going to be in the next decade? Well, technically, yes. But you'll also notice, too, that A, that falls within the the realm of the model. But two, uh, things are ramping up, not de-escalating. So, like a decade? No. No. Probably considerably sooner. And, you know and and that, seriously because uh, look you got to understand the threats you got to understand how russia perceives the threat and you got to see how nato sees the threat right and so we're watching an escalation because of defense well that's that's i guess only partly true so i think you know I think they're absolutely correct. When you think about the Baltic states, in general, you think about, well, I mean, just almost the entire region, really, when you think about it. And again, I, I say it every so often, but you just cannot forget about the whole Kaliningrad situation. You know, and as these as these new states continued to become a part of the NATO alliance, that becomes more and more problematic for Russia. They're going to do something. They've been warning about it for a long time. They've been like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I and I got to tell you, you can only draw a line and then redraw a line and redraw a line so many times before you're like, all right, it, I got to stand up for myself. That's the, the, but, but at the same time, that's also, I think, the West's um, weakness. They don't understand, A, the value, but also the danger of repeatedly crossing red lines. But, uh, you know, kind of draw this back to part of the conversation in the beginning of the program— Part of that's because of the people. The people have conditioned governments to cross red lines over and over and over again with impunity. That's just what they do, and nobody does anything. And they see it as well, we can do what we want. Checks and balances? What's that? So, yeah, when we think about the long-term situation there in the Baltics, yeah, expect it. Of course it's going to. and you're going to see the cascade effect. You're already seeing it. But isn't it interesting that it all seems to align well with these nations? I mean, again, look at Japan drops into recession. UK drops into recession. The United States is about to drop into recession. Uh, uh, Recession, I I think, um, South Korea is, I think, on the verge as well. Just look around. Meanwhile, almost across the board, these different nations are ramping up. They're increasing their military spending. They're getting more troops combat ready. Germany just for whatever reason um uh what was it uh, last week that they're 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 planning on increasing like I don't know just out of the gate 4800 um combat ready troops within the region uh within the next couple years like it's happening I don't it, but the weird thing is so um let me say this the I, I was having a conversation, was it Thursday, with an individual who listens to the program and reads my work and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And the question was, well, wait a second, why hasn't this happened yet? I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, your model says that these things are going to happen. Why hasn't it happened yet? And I'm like, I, I guess I don't understand what you're saying because it is happening. We're watching it. You're living it. He's like, what are you what are you saying? I said, look, we're we're watching the economic upheaval. We're watching the demise of 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 our currency, of our economic model. We're watching the preparation for this global war. So we're in the middle of this interesting transition. We're we're still kind of reaching the peak of of our economic upheaval. But again, it's it's the change in the way the world does business. We're, we're watching it, right? AI, robots, autonomous vehicles, et cetera, et cetera, and a complete destruction of our ability to to even engage in commerce. In our, I mean, we're watching it. I don't understand, but I guess maybe people are expecting like this wham, bam, massive headline where it all goes to hell in a handbasket at the same time, but that's not how it works. That's not how it worked in World War II. There was a buildup. That's not how it worked in the Civil War. There was a buildup. That's not how it happened during the Revolutionary War. There was a buildup. And that's not how it's gonna happen here. There's a buildup. We're watching it though. So that's something to keep in mind. Right? If you're expecting some huge headline to see that the Baltics went to hell in a handbasket, the Middle East is in a hell in a handbasket or went to hell in a handbasket the uh south china sea south pacific situation has exploded the united states is imploding if you're expecting that headline doom and gloom uh apocalyptic you're not you're going to be disappointed that's not how it works it's like a frog in a pot you're going to start to see these things begin to mount until eventually it unfolds and then the totality of the situation uh is is seen, right? And you think about it, like, during—think um, about the Great Depression leading into World War II. You know, the Great Depression was a—I was mean, the stocks saw it, but, like, the people that first day, it wasn't like their lives were ruined. It took time, and then— it, Leading into World War II, again, it took time. Think about how long the United States didn't even want to get involved. World War II, in in the grand scheme of things, World War II was already underway long before the United States ever decided to to get in. And it was only after the Japanese decided to attack. After, some would argue, uh, things like the McCollum Memorandum. But, you know, that's conspiracy. Don't, you know. Well, in a lot of ways, I'll tell you this. The conspiracy related to that is probably on par with the Gulf of Tonkin. But, you know, speculation, because, again, I'm not an insider. I don't, you know, I wasn't there. But interesting to contemplate and consider anyway. Anyway. So yeah, it's it's a it's a weird set of circumstances. There's a lot of things to consider and uh, you know strategy over emotional contortion. I I that's that's really kind of where we're at. Okay. And it's very important that we look at things a little through through a little bit more of a pragmatic lens. And that, my friends, is the focus of the transition of what I'm about to. To try and transition everything, I'm it's still going to be destroying the narrative to to a degree. But um, I will share this. Um, the and it you know the website still DMR Publications. I'm still going to publish the same set of things, right? Informative things regarding you know leadership, um, health, education, money, security, and then of course considerations where we talk about a variety of. Of interesting things, but I'm changing the tone. I'm changing a little bit of the direction, just a little bit of a tweak. So you're going to start to see things um, related to beyond the told, beyond the told, which is a play on words to beyond the fold. Which of course, if for those of you who are old enough to remember newspapers, beyond the fold m- means it kind of refers to the newspaper that was folded. So you would see your headlines, but like the 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 real juicy details were always kind of stuffed in the paper or kind of, you know, at the bottom where it wasn't the attention grabber, but it was the stuff you probably should have read. So play on words to that beyond the told, because there's a lot of things that were told and they're just little bits and pieces. But I want to start transitioning into some of the details that change, that destroy the narrative. So it's, it's both. But uh, anyway, so there's that. Uh, I'll have more information, more things to share with you uh, in the coming weeks, I'm sure. I want to get some stuff started so you actually have something to look at. That would be part of it. But um, And we're going to open up the uh, group, the Telegram group, uh, to pretty much just anybody who is interested in the content Uh, which should lead to some pretty interesting conversations. Uh, But I'll keep you posted on all of that as it unfolds. So that said, be sure to check out the website, dmrpublications.com. You can sign up to get that stuff sent to your email. And uh, yeah, look forward to some of the cool stuff I'm going to add to the pile in in the coming weeks and months. So uh, hopefully you'll like it. Uh, To me, it looks like it's uh, a a little bit better of a positive situation, rather than me just sitting here complaining and being like, "I want to empower people." Right? We know it's there. I want to start empowering people with actual things that you can do to weaponize your own life, uh, your situation, or the information, discussions, arguments, or whatever uh, that you might be faced with. So, uh, don't entirely know what that looks like yet, but I'm I'm working in that direction because of the feedback that you have provided me. So thank you for uh, helping me continually over the years hone and refine and improve. Uh, I sure appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much does it for this one, friends, family. Uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. So we'll see you next week. Till then, take care.